Hey guys, we're Mike and Paige. We are college sweethearts living just outside Nashville. We have four incredible kids and one awesome teenager. Uh, my wife and I, we love great stories and we also love good podcasts. And so we thought, hey, uh, let's take those two things, put them together and make our own. Um, and here we are. This is Laughs You Don't Cry. Hey friends. Okay, so this happened to... <laughs> This happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, for those, I, I think we've mentioned it here. Our church is a Baptist church. It's the mm-hmm. first time, none of that. Uh, first time I've been a part of a Baptist church. In high school, I had a lot of friends who were Baptists. Um, but ironically, living in the South, I had never attended a Baptist church. Well, as you can also imagine, I am exuberant in all of life. Um, our church growing Calm down. Up, Calm down. <laughs> Our church growing up used to say, like, if you can get rowdy for a football game, then you for sure can get rowdy for the Lord. Um, and I believe that in my soul. Like, I, if I'm exuberant in all of life, it would be kind of weird if I was very somber um, mm. at church. Yeah. Um, anyways, so one of my f- favorite things to pick on hope about and I, and I do it like tongue in cheek because I love our church um, so much. It has been one of the most restorative places we've ever been um, and attended and served. Um, Hope does not talk during service. It is, I mean, like crickets. I've been to churches where they clap. I've been to churches where they're amen. So yeah, see, and here's guys, I'm going to inter, inter, interject because I've been part of Baptist church my entire life. Baptists, it's a cultural thing, honey. If if there's clapping, then something's wrong. So, so like to hear the nothing, that's how you know you're crushing it, <laughs> because it's just like they're in awe of oh, the you, word of God being presented. Right. So, so um, our pastor's super great. Like I really love him. He has an incredible character, um, and he's kind of like, he was my dad's age. So like in that way, I'm going like, hey dad, what's up? Um, but he was doing this sermon the other day and he was just like killing it. And he was talking about like, you know, what do you do when you're, you're waiting on God to move or you're waiting on him to release you into a season when you're waiting on him to like, you're trying, you're kind of striving and like then the next step that you want is not happening. And he um, was giving all these different examples. <clears throat> and again, our church is like, super quiet, like they always are, giving all these examples. And he's like kind of, I feel like he's getting fired up and giving all these good examples. And just so happened that day, Mike is a back row Baptist, like loves sitting in the back row. I prefer two or three seats from the stage. And he, uh, our pastor was giving all these examples and he goes, what if you're like in a relationship, you'll be going out for a long time, you're hoping that ring is coming, but he still hasn't dated, proposed, and I go, dump him from the back. And it was one of those times where like before I even like knew it was happening, those words came out and I was like grasping, trying to get them, but they were already out there. And the whole congregation <laughs> erupted in laughter, which would have been great, but I was not supposed to be talking. Well, and, so, and, and I'm, I'm going to give a little perspective on this because maybe internally you were thinking like, oh, those came out of my mouth. I got to grab them. Um, she said that. And then she kind of like looked down with like a, like a, mm-hmm. 
well, her face. Like, listen, if you want to like, get me fired up about something, it's that men will not commit these days, and I do not approve. Man, well, you got to find um, a woman, woman that's good enough to commit too, which I did. Oh, I will muck duck you. I found a girl. I found them, but they're just not out there anymore. That's you why guys aren't committing. This episode where R is the most menacing of all of our letters. That's why it's called murder, not, not muck duck. <laughs> Anyways, um, I may have, I, I don't know. Anyways, it was one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. Um, and pastor came up to me after service and he was like, Paige, was that you? And I was like, I am so sorry. Like I did not mean to. It came out before I had She was excommunicado. No. And he was like, I thought it was funny. And he even like mentioned it the second service. Um, but that is a time where I've been really embarrassed. And as and as your husband, so was I. <laughs> well, friends, thanks for listening to our funny intro story. Uh, I hope you got a kick out of it. Um, if you want to go and find that sermon, you can look on our. Quick, no, <laughs> we're good, guys. No. We're good. Um, so, guys, uh, if you listen to the last podcast about apathy and arguing and uh, prayer and stuff we like recommend that, recommend that one first. Uh, yeah, it's gonna. It's going to kind of feed into it. So, yeah, yeah, we appreciate you guys. It's been a while since we recorded. I do apologize. Life's been nuts, y'all. And it's just like not letting up. Um, It keeps going. So, but we promise that we're going to keep doing this when we can. So for those of you who are still listening, thank Thank you. Thank you, friends. Uh, Keep spreading the word. Um, Or don't. It doesn't really matter to us. We're still going to keep doing it. But anyway, so a lot's been going on lately. Um, Not just in our day-to-day lives, you know, with our kids and stuff like that, but um, really in our spiritual walks. Right. Um, Paige, as you, as you can tell from the past like 30 episodes is a, kind of like a spiritual, uh, giant. Quit. Nope. Quit it. Um, well you are, and, and I'm not, I'm not like, oh, uh, so anyways, I, I can boast about <laughs> you all I want to. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot of, Anyway, so there's so been a lot going on, and um, Paige is really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. She's more excited than I am because that's just how she lives. <laughs> um, so it all started at youth camp, as it would. I got invited to go to youth camp because the leader dropped out last minute. Um, you're, going like, you're going a whole year back. A little bit. <laughs> and um, I love youth ministry. I went to school to be a youth pastor. Um, I had put that on the back burner. Just life, I think, really put that on the back burner. Well, we had decided, like, because we were both at Moody. Right. When we got married, it was we, like, I was submitting to, like, where God was taking you is yeah. what I kind of felt, which I don't... There's a lot of things that kind of go into that, but that's yeah. kind of where we landed. Yeah. Um, and so I had put that on the back burner, and then I went to camp, and I was reminded of how much I love teenagers, and I love youth ministry, and, like... I'm alive in my calling when I'm in youth ministry. And so I came back from camp and a couple of months later I said, Hey love, if you're not if you're not pursuing um, a pastoral job, do you mind if I pursue one? Were you apprehensive at that about that? Like at yeah, first? Absolutely. Like were you like were you were you thinking I was gonna like say no? Okay, women in the church, y'all know what I was feeling. Um even in the most incredible of all churches who appreciate women and even will let them speak from the stage, pulpit, whatever you want to call it, um, there is still apprehension of, am I allowed to come out and play? Hmm. Um, and so I was apprehensive, not 
we've had this conversation millions of times in our marriage, but not apprehensive from that, but just apprehensive of like, is this okay for us? For We have young kids and all the things. So anyways, the short story is Mike was like, would you please? I would love to. Yeah. And so I'll be a pastor's of, husband. Does so, that sound weird? I mean, it does. Just sound, <laughs> um, so we prayed about it and I really feel like the Lord releases you into seasons. And so I was just waiting on the Lord to release me. Um, Mike went to a concert in um, Memphis, which is a couple hours drive from us. Y'all, Memphis has the best music. Nashville sucks. And so I was alone at home. Um, the kids were in bed. You know, like I never have time just alone anymore. Um, so all the factors came to be so that I was alone. And I was like, Lord, can I start applying for jobs? Um, and I applied for a week before he told me to stop. And so I stopped. Um, and I went through the process with several churches um, and one church in Tacoma. Um, the hiring process was really long, but they um, asked me to come out to the church. So in January, early January, we went out to Tacoma, Washington to see if that was where the Lord was leading us. Um, and if I'm going to be super honest from the jump, I felt like the Lord told me you're going to go out there, but you're not going to get the job. Like I felt like the Lord said, you're, you're going to go out there, but this isn't going to work out. I don't know if he said, you're not going to get the job, but he said, it's not going to work out. Um, so I was just kind of like walking in obedience, um, to whatever that was, um, so we went to Tacoma, and you could have called us at three different times in the same day, mm-hmm. and we would have had a different answer the entire time. Yeah. It, it was truly like we just, there's just a lot of factors. Like we have very small children, and we, um, church is your family. Mm-hmm. And is this a church body that we want to be a part of? Like, um, I, there's just so much of like you, it all has to check so many boxes because not only are we moving, but we're moving so far from oh, Tennessee. Yeah. A lot of factors, a um, lot of factors. So like that, you know, if we were moving to Alabama, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's a two hour drive back home. Yeah. You know, but this is like, we're moving our entire lives so far away that I just like to be sure, to be sure, but be sure, be sure. Um, and so it... The long and the short of it is we we returned our car to the car rental place. And before we even like got to the airport for the car rental, Mike and I just looked at each other and we were like, I just don't think we can do it. Hmm. I think that our kids are too young to move that far away to that different of a culture. Yeah. And there's, um, there's some sadness with it too because... Oh, so much sadness. Um, you know, like I've got family that lives out there in Spokane and we'd be closer, way closer to them. And the church was great and just like I... I love the church. I clicked with like everybody on staff and like it was just, it's, it's just, it was all like, and like Paige said, there was like one moment we were like, oh, Lord, no. And this one moment's like, man, this is perfect. And it was like, mm, and it just, and just kept on going back and forth, which is exhausting, y'all. Yeah, it was emotionally really exhausting. And I had made some offhanded jokes of like, well, if it doesn't work out, at least we get a vacation out of it. What's that was absolutely <laughs> the dumbest thing I've said in my entire life because it emotionally was for sure not a vacation. Yeah, even though physically we were gone. I mean, Mike burned through 
a good chunk of his PTO days. Yeah. Um, In January. Which is a bummer. <laughs> but all of that to say, Tacoma and I both got on the same page of like, this is a no for both of us. Yeah. Which also was hard to hear for me. I was like, man, that's a bummer. Um, but then I had to realize like, the Lord is ordaining my path regardless which also, is, like, that is the best case scenario that both of us heard from the Lord yeah. and both of us were on the same page of it's no, but it still, like, rubs that rejection wound. It does. And that's one thing I think we'll talk about later is Paige's rejection wound. Yeah, so, I don't like to be rejected. Who loves, like, mm, yay, I love being rejected. But yeah, yes. but it's like a big, like, it's almost like a nuclear fallout when you when you deal with that. And I'm not being mean by any means. That's not, I'm, I, it's, uh, <coughs> it's something we all... Yeah. struggle with, but we're not, nobody's going to be like, I'm going to go and talk about how I feel about being rejected. Right. You know, so. So that happened in January and we came home. Um, and then there is a youth pastor conference that I was already planning. Um, our youth pastor offered it up to any of the youth leaders to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ended up, um, no one could go but me. And so uh, I was like, you know what, like, I'll just buy my own hotel um, and drive separately myself. um, And I'll just go because I, you know, I'm interested in being a youth pastor. Like, I think this would be really great. Um, And then after I came back and it was a no, I was very sad. Mm -hmm. I went through a couple of days of just being super, super sad. Not because... Not because I wasn't confident in that this was where the Lord had and what he was doing, but just like... It's not time yet. It was just like a, a bummer that it wasn't time. Yeah. And so our youth pastor said to us, um, hey, uh, how about Mike come too, to the youth pastor thing? And actually the church would like to take care of it for you. And I was like, that's very kind. Yeah. That was super, super sweet. So we ended up going to this youth pastor conference. It was yeah. super great. It's called Conclave. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of Baptists in one place. You uh, loved it. Oh, man, it was, those are my people. Yeah. Uh, especially like the really awkward Baptists, you know, that are like from like the 200 people church that, you know, it's all homeschooled kids and they were homeschooled. And, it you was know, great. let me tell you, man, them's of my jam. I, I, I literally you? have two kinds of people. I have people who have been stabbed and who, who will stab. And I have people who have never left their hometown. <laughs> and I it get along really with both is. them so well. Yeah. <laughs> So what was really funny to me is um, at this point, I was still looking for youth pastor jobs. And so I was like, this is going to be a great networking event. I'm going to go and meet a lot of people. Um, So we kind of went for me. Mm -hmm. um, And we walked around. They had like booths and stuff like that. Um, And we walked around and... Of course, Every, like the booth person would go straight to Mike and be like, hey, tell me about your youth ministry. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, okay. I wouldn't say like I'm an ultra feminist. So, femi- femi- so like, just, just keep in mind, <laughs> though, like. Feminist. Fe- <laughs> Femicist is what I said, like scientist. What I noticed was like in in one of the breakout sessions, there were, there were, there were women there, right? Uh <laughs> there was a, there was a girl who was literally knitting, knitting crocheting difference. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, don't stab me with one of your needles. But in in this thing, like she's literally like, it's been a minute since we've been in that environment. And then, like either they were pushing, holding babies, or they were expecting. Like there was like a certain 
type of woman that was there. And, and then there's <laughs> And me. then there's Paige, who wore all her sparkly stuff, who got so many compliments on the jackets that I bought you. Mind you, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for buying me Christmas jackets. Um, <laughs> Uh, but sparkly man, jackets for Christmas. Oh man, and uh, and you know, as a guy, you know, it's just like with anything else. Like if if you're not exposed to it, like you're not gonna notice it because you're not you know you're not notice used what? to it. Like when they would when we walk up to the booth, and the person would like stage themselves facing me, looking at me, talk and start talking to me. Right when we're there, you know. For your interest, and I mean, and and so and and, and so that that was kind of when you brought that to my attention, I was like, really? Which is weird because I'm usually pretty open, like I can see those things pretty clear, but I just didn't see it. And uh, yeah, it man. was a really. I was actually like, can I please show you that I haven't been lying this entire time? Like the church does not look at women. Yeah. And, anyways, all of that to say, the first night of conclave. I had a really holy moment with the Lord, um, and I just said to God, I was like, Lord, like, there was a position that I was maybe hoping to have, and I was like, God, I just give that to you. I just give it to you. Like, I can't even hope to have this. Lord, I have to submit that, like, whatever you want to do, Lord, let it be. Mm. Let it be. And I said, even if it means, like, you're not calling me to youth ministry, maybe I misunderstood um, God, if it's not youth ministry, if it's not me being on staff, like, okay, let it be. Like, I'm okay with it. And like, truly, I give that over to you. Um, cause I've been, I, I've said this in other podcasts, I've been wrestling. I've been really, really wrestling with the Lord. Um, and at times striving. So there's the sin in me, like I'm mm. striving, I'm wrestling instead of like, I keep having this picture of, you know, babies who, when you hold them, they like do barrel rolls in your arm and arms in how really what you want is them just to be like, know that they're being held. They're being safe from whatever's on the floor that you're trying to get, you know, to have them not get into. And I have been doing that in the Lord's arms. I have been barrel rolling when he just wants me to stay still. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I had that really holy moment with the Lord and I was like, okay, okay. So then we went to like all these breakout sessions through the next coming days. Um, there's one that you really liked. Yeah, there were a lot of good ones. Um, <clears throat> the, so, and to, to kind of go back a little bit. So I, you know, I was going as, as, as just the supportive husband to Paige, you know, um, get some free swag, you know all the things you do at a conference when you're not there for anything really. Um, and really I wasn't, I, I was interested to go because it's something to do, it's something to support Paige, but I wasn't interested in going because, uh, I have been struggling with a long time feeling like I was, that I, that I have, um, I have sinned my way out of being suitable to do ministry. Wow. And, you know, the years of struggling and lying about drugs and the depression and the, uh, the trillion other things we've talked about in this podcast, um, you know, those things took me out of commission. Like, can I be still redeemed by God? Of course. Can God do great things with me and through my life? Of course. Um, but nobody wants a ex-drug addict or someone who still struggles with drugs to be their pastor or I do. to be, you know... And that was a lie that I was believing. Right. Um, and 
still do struggle. Like it kind of comes and goes of like, you know, not feeling worthy. And I think that's also one of the things too, of like any kind of like ministry role is that we aren't worthy to do it. Like my pastor isn't worthy to be my pastor. It says, cause it has nothing to do with his worth or him of who he is. It's that God has put him in that role. And it's like, if God decides to put my wife in a role or put me in a role or put our pastor in a role, who are any of us to, to call them out and to try to make that decision for them or against them? And, you know, there's biblical things about calling out sin and living, living a life of righteousness, the very much so. I'm not, I'm not dis- dismissing those things at all. Um, but I just thought, I just felt like, well, I, I out-sinned the grace of God or out-sinned my calling you know, and yeah, I can stop sinning, but if I sin ever again, then I just right back where I was. So instead of just, instead of getting involved in ministry or getting back into my calling, what I felt like my calling was, and then screwing it up for everybody and hurting other people, I'm just going to wash my hands of it. And so I wasn't... that's what, like Mike kept on being like, you know, I'm really great. I love my career. And he does, like he loves his career. It is really wonderful, but I like making money. But also, like, living in the calling that God has given you, there is nothing better. Yeah. There is nothing better. And, you know, there's a lot of lies that the enemy and that even ourselves in the world will tell us about our sins and about who we are and what what our sins tell us about ourselves. And I've spent my entire life listening to those things. I'm 37. And, you know... I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of hearing their voices, and so I think from here on out I'm just gonna stop listening to them, mm. and actually not not just like ignore them, but like tell them to get the hell away from me, right? Because um, it's kind of making me angry, <laughs> and I, I was angry at myself a long time. I was angry that oh man, I did this to me, you messed it up, and you're the one who is who has made it, so you can't do these things anymore. You messed up the calling of calling of God on your life, you piece of crap. Nope. And uh, to that, I say, shove it up your A. <laughs> uh, the letter A, sponsored by Apple. Um, so anyway, sorry, all that to say, I wasn't interested in being there. Um, and then we started going to these breakout sessions. Man, they were just phenomenal. We went to one called Lost Boys, and it was all about reaching young men, young children, kids, boys who were lost and why, and what makes them lost. And the statistics were making me sick. And then I realized that all the statistics they were going over were statistics that I fell into. Like, Oh, Hey, Hey, I'm that 60%, (laughs) you know, or Hey, I'm that 10% or Hey, like, Oh, that was me. Hey, that was me. Like all I related with all of them. Mm. And the room was filled with people People who are ministering, it was, okay, yes. It was me and one other girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's filled with people who have the desire to minister to those lost boys. And I was just like, I felt this overwhelming, like, joy of being like, you know, like, we're hearing all these really depressing statistics and statistics that lead to more statistics. Like, if if they're in this right now, you know what's going to happen? Statistically, this is going to happen. And it's really hard to fight statistics because that's why they're there. They're just a representation of what's going on. And and 
I spoke up and I, and I, and I, and I told every guy in the room, I was like, you know, I am a lost boy. I am one of those statistics. I have fell into every single category this guy's talking about. I said, but you know, now I'm 37. I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm successful. And it's because of God's grace and because of people like you who are willing to look at those lost boys and say, nah, yeah, no more. screw those statistics. We're going to stop those statistics. Yeah. We're going to change the statistics. It ends today with yeah. me. Yeah. And, and, and it just, it was really powerful and it reminded me of the impact that my youth pastor had on me mm. and the greatest impact he had on me was not being my youth pastor and not teaching me from the, the, the pulpit. Um, his, the greatest impact he had on me was that he, he spent time with me and he loved me and that's it. Right. And so, you know what I'm not dismissed from doing because of my sin? You know, it can't be taken away because I, I'm an ex-drug addict is my ability to love people and to spend time with them. Right. And if the Southern Baptist Convention or churches or people dismiss other people from living out their calling of being past a pastor or a minister or whatever because of those things, okay. But the one thing they can't dismiss is the fact that we're able to love people and change those statistics. Right. And so, anyways, Micah and I got out of the, I didn't mean to say anyways, like dismissive. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She's, I did not. Who, somebody called you out on that. They were, oh, it was... Jared. Jared. We, we, we met our best friend. Okay, let me... I met my best friend. Yeah. Uh, we are best friends now. We cut it up big time. Jaren, uh, he's the Chick-fil-A guy who does the... Uh, he's the comedian, Jaren It is my Myers. pleasure to serve you. Yeah. We met him at Conclave and like... Having the two of them in the same room, I felt like the room was going to explode because they're both quick-witted. And so it was <laughs> like it was like ping-pong. And I try to keep up with Mike, but like they were just like, it was, it was really good. Didn't I offer, to give, like, I offer to give him a dollar because I, I, I thought he was a homeless guy? <laughs> so anyways. Anyway. So Mike had this whole thing that was going on in him. I had this thing that was going on in me. I hadn't really told Mike about it. I was really frustrated after that first night because... Everyone was going up to Mike. Um, and that's like, it already is a wound. And then when that wound gets like... Compounded. Compounded and like justified almost, then I'm like, ugh, this battle again. It's just stupid. Yeah. Um, and then Mike is like, the Lord's just working on him. And I'm watching the Lord work on him. Um, and I said to Mike, like, what if this has been about you the whole time? Like, what if this doesn't have anything to do with me? I said, babe, I am I am so willing to not be a youth pastor. Like, that's not even a thing. Like, I don't have to have the badge and the name and the, the title and the paycheck from the church. I don't need that. What I want is for us in our marriage to be so intentional in ministry. Like, mm. let's do it. Like, if you want to have the job, great. I, I currently have an amazing job. Super amazing job. So I can take that wherever I go. Mm-hmm. And if we move to Alabama, Georgia, wherever. Just as long as it's close. <laughs> well, we did decide that we're probably staying in the South. That like, or Michigan. We'll see. Yeah. Like we want to stay. Anyways, all of that to say, <laughs> the Lord can do what he wants to do with all that. But um, Mike and I just had this conversation of like, what if this has been about you? And mm. that was... Th- so peaceful for me. Mm. Like it, if 
we don't want to base things off of feelings. We want to base them off of scripture. But there are times where the Lord gives you just complete peace. Yeah. And I think even if it was just that Mike's on board, like, and he was on board before, for sure. There was no, like, he is my biggest cheerleader. He was supporting me. He was rallying behind me. But even, like, there was just a new piece that was there. Yeah, I agree. It, um, <clears throat> there was a lot of uh, inner, inner turmoil, conflict, con- conviction, confliction going on inside of me while we were there. Um, just one thing after another. Uh, I literally, one of the sessions I had to sit out of because I just had to like sit and process what I was feeling. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm in this room filled with a thousand people and a majority of them are, you know, youth pastors or serving in capacity to, to minister to youth and just minister to people, you know? And it was like, I, I was just, I was just reminded w- there's no difference between me and them. Mm-mm. And it wasn't like a, uh, a me or them or them or me. It was like a, uh, I can do this. Yeah. Like that. And also just, um. There's a need, you know, there's a need for people to be ministered to clearly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and also like <laughs> it, I forgot what it was like to be excited about something. Yeah. Cause That's I, cause I'm, I'm so like, good. well, and like a lot of these things were like camps, you know, and stuff. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not a camp person. I love camp. Uh, I love I, camp with everything in my soul. I was built for camp. Like I'm, I'm a, like I'm a camp if it's like not staying outside, not roughing it. Oh, no, I'm I can't do that. But I love camp like getting hype, doing stupid stuff, yeah. pranks, but also in the name of Jesus, growing closer to him, <laughs> like being totally connected to him for I love camp. Yeah. Um but like I don't know, it was like, yeah, like, oh man, you guys do this and do this and like you offer this and like you're equipping in this way and it's like, oh, you 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 go about it this way. That's so awesome. Never heard of it. I never seen that before. You know, and I, it was just yeah, like they, I mean, so many it was truly iron sharpening iron of so many people who are currently in ministry and just, oh, you're doing this idea, that's great. How are you discipling? Oh, the discipleship class was so so good. And then seeing people with multiple kids or no kids or old people and young people. I mean, like. I love a good 80-year-old youth pastor who's still, like, taking it. That one guy who got up and talked to the keynote yes, speaker at the last like, day. come on. It was amazing. Um, so it was just really eye-opening and really, um, there was a lot of confliction inside my heart. Because I was, like, during one of the sessions, I was standing there and I'm just, like, I'm, I'm almost mad because I had internally set I had internally developed this narrative for my life and if you can see Paige's face right now uh and it was like it's not an I'm right it's that uh I'm so glad that the light bulb has finally gone off Mm -hmm. you know like I don't care one ounce about being right I care about you as a human yeah Getting to the point where you see yourself as God sees you. Yeah. And that's what was kind of going on. And it was like, uh, I was I was frustrated with myself and just frustrated at the situation of like, you know, how much time have I wasted? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, like, and I did, I needed to get better. I mean, I would, I wouldn't, I would want to hire anybody into ministry who 
is still working through something as bad as I was. I'm always going to be working through it. Wait, what? You don't want to hire someone? Like, I would want to hire somebody into ministry who is two days from being sober from, like, out of, like, five, seven years of of drug abuse and and, and lying. I agree. I think there's wisdom in that, like, in, in, like, not hiring people who are just out of it. Yeah. That being said, we will forever uh, be struggling with something. Yeah. Like, as a, it's humanity. And, then, and oh, sorry. I also, um, you know, one of the things you said to me is, who's going to want to hire a pastor who used to be a drug addict? And I was like, me, I would, I would absolutely. And he was like, well, what happens if I relapse? I mean, we know what happened the last time, but, you know, what happens? And I said, I, there have been interviews where I've been in where I've said, hey, this is happening with me. Maybe I'm pregnant, going through something. I have four kids, whatever. And I said, if that's a deal breaker for you, that's okay. It's a deal breaker for me if it's a deal breaker for you. Yeah. And the reality is we need to be hired at a church where they know, like we are going to be so upfront and honest with this is what's going on. Yeah. And if that's a deal breaker for them, Okay. Yeah, and and, and which That's is great. That's not the church for us. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a church for me. Because and, I don't think they have the same vision as us. And uh, or conviction, maybe. And one of the things that I realized in getting sober is that there are two kinds of people um, that you have in your life, and th- there are those who will rally around you and then rally against you. And you know, praise the Lord, there weren't that many people in my life who rallied against me, and there were a lot who rallied for me. And I think that we need to be ralliers for people, mm. you know, like when our pastors or our elders fall, rally for them and around them and not against them. You know, like we are so right. in this Christian culture, we're like, oh man, this, like this famous Timothy, Tommy Thibodeau guy, you know, was a youth pastor famous and he did this. It's like, we don't pray for that person. We don't mm. mourn for the hurt. We're just waiting for the next news article to come out. You right. Know? I, I really struggle um, with this, like, this sensation of that. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I have no desire to get into that. I can't see a man hurting and go around and be like, yeah, flip it, you know, flip you. Or like, like, no way. Yeah. Like, you have to see that they are a child of God, that the Lord himself molded that human. And I'm never going to, like Mark Driscoll and the rise and fall of Mars Hill, like Christians are eating that mess up. And we, I think we've talked about how oh, yeah. like... We, I, lo- I love Mark Driscoll. I stand by that I, man, not by his actions the prior, but his actions now, he's a great man and a great pastor. And he, he messed up. He influenced our marriage tremendously in the yeah. beginning, his pastor and his ministry. And I've met him. And anyways, there's so many things that I could say if you want to reach out to her. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to get behind a a pastor and be like, you fell and let me give you another kick and post on Twitter about how awful you are. Like there, biblically, Matthew 18 walks through that. If you have personally been offended, like... And that goes back to the gossip portion of what is the, what is the motive here? What is your motive? You have to check your heart. Anyways, all of that is to say. Hmm. (laughs) What were we saying? (laughs) We went on a little tangent there. Sorry, guys. Uh, All that to say, I was 
I was there and I was feeling all this, all this conviction and conflicting feelings. And I don't, uh, I also, I'm, I'm okay. (laughs) The church, I feel like can do a lot more for itself and believers can do a lot more for the church, uh, than just be a consumer because Mm -hmm. the, the thought that, well, okay, so does that mean I'm going to get into ministry now? Or, you know, like, oh, I, I've got like I've got to wait until I find the right church or I get fully healthy and blah, blah, blah. All these things, like, the church is supposed to minister to others and minister to itself and not just the pastors. And I'm, I felt a lot of conviction about that of, like, I don't have to wait. Mm-mm. And you know what? I may never, ever have a title. And Paige may never have a title. We may never get a paycheck from a church or a nonprofit organization. Um, and that's okay. Right. Uh, <clears throat> I think we can be incredible leaders and just incredible Christians to each other and use our calling and our skills mm-hmm. in that, you know? like. And also bring all the teens to me. I want to love yeah. you so well. But like I... When I was sitting in, in in the in the seats in the rows of the seats, it just reminded me of like, yeah, that guy on stage is having a really big impact, but there's a greater impact, and that's where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. You know, like I asked for prayer, and people came, laid their hands on me, and prayed for me, and it's like this is a thousand times more powerful. This this right. two minutes than every single sermon ever preached from that stage added up together, right. and it's like. We are at such an advantage, you guys, as Christians in the pews, mm-hmm. but no one's telling you that. You, like your pastor delivers a message and he loves on you and he tries to shepherd you, but the people next to you in the pew need you more than they need him and you need them more than they Biblical need... Biblical community. Biblical community, yeah. 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 Like that's what held us together when we all fell apart. Yeah. And when me and you fell apart and biblical community... I mean, my youth pastor, I truly, I grew up with an incredible youth pastor and I'm so thankful for the wisdom that he imparted in me. That being said, I look to when people say like, who is the, the, the youth uh, leader who impacted you? There are so many people that are like, well, this was my dad during this time. And this was my dad during this time. And this was my dad during this time. And they're were women who were maybe not even my small group leader, but talked to me every Wednesday and Thursday nights who loved me so well. Um, and we can be those people. I, I say all the time, like, be a part of your local church. Local, please be part of your local <laughs> church. And pour into the lives of others because it means so much. And, you know, so... And, and it changes you. And for us right now, like... Could a could ministry be our profession and our full time career? It it could be, um, and but until we know that, and until God makes that very clear, I have we have a huge obligation and opportunity to to do everything that pastors do in our in in our community, mm-hmm. which is spreading the gospel, ministering, counseling, loving, and shepherding. Like, you can do it. We can do it. We just got to get off our butts and do it. And so on that note, <laughs> um, I want to transition over to 
continue to talk about what God has been doing still. So we had all that stuff going on in August, and we had stuff going on with Tacoma in January. Oh, it's been like a lot. And then we went to Conclave. Um, So a little backtracking. In August, I really felt like Mike and I were just going through some stuff, and we're going through counseling, and we've been going through counseling for years. We went to marriage counseling for two years, and then I saw the counselor after that for three years, and we went to two marriage intensives. Yeah. So I felt like the Lord told me, and then I told Instagram because that's super holy, right? (laughs) I felt like the Lord told me, sometimes we go to counseling when what we really need is to get on our knees before the Lord and ask for His divine healing, which, yes, sparked so many debates. I love counseling. Y'all know I love counseling. We have Um, dropped some knee on counseling. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, and I shouldn't have posted on Instagram. I should have just taken it to heart. I think he was tell- inviting me for his healing. I think he was coming to me and and trying to show me hmm. that he wanted to he wanted in on this. And um in end of August, that was mid-August, end of August, my friend um and I I we've been friends since high school. We met at church. Um And I knew that her mom did this like prayer thing with counseling, sort of. And it came up with her and she was like, I really think you should pray with my mom. And I was like, okay, like I'll reach, I'll tell, you know, Mike, whatever. And you know how things happen. And I really, do you remember me, how it came apart apart that you You just told me, you were like, hey, you you know, this, this friend of mine, her mom does this, this prayer ministry. It's counseling mixed with, with, mixed with prayer. Uh, and I think you should do it. Yeah. I was like, you know, we've tried counseling, lots and lots of counseling. Like let's, let's try like someone like in a, in a spiritual realm, even though we went to believers for counseling, but let's try like a different type of counseling. Like let's try this prayer ministry and see what kind of happens from there. Yeah. And which y'all like, I'm going to, I'm going to preface this probably a lot, but, uh, I, I am, I grew up, I grew up Baptist. I grew up Baptist. When I, when I got saved, I was a Baptist, uh, so it was Father, Son, Holy Bible. Um, and the other side of that s- s- did for the longest time scare the crap out of me. Now, what? You, what scares the crap out of you? I didn't hear the it. The other side of the pendulum. Oh, sure. Where it's Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Jesus. Uh, and so... Whereas I went to I went to Moody because of my friend Katie. Her dad uh, worked for Moody Radio, and her mom did this prayer ministry. And so I didn't even know that Moody was conservative because we were going to the church that we went to that wasn't like hyper conservative, yeah. Um, it like spiritually speaking, um, and so I stepped into Moody and I was like, "Father, Son, Holy Bible, what? Like, we ain't gonna talk about the Holy Spirit." <laughs> um, so I was like, "Okay, sure. Like, it's it's like I love counseling uh, and prayer is always great. Sure, why not? You know." Um, so I put on the books. It took a couple times because, you know, COVID's going on and blah, 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 and scheduling. Finally, we got it on the books to actually go. And I was like, do you want me to go with you? Do you not want me? Because I know these people. They yeah. were at our wedding. Yeah. I, and I've never met. I, well, I mean, I met them the one time. So uh, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I was honestly, honestly, I was doing it because Paige, Paige suggested it. And, and you know, mind you, like. It was out of desperation, right? It was kind of out of desperation. 
Uh, was it in between? Was Conclave before that? You made the appointment mid December. Yes, but then it got pushed back. Pushed back. So Conclave happened then. Then this. Okay. So I, I've been going still through a lot. You know, like um, it was three weeks ago, the first session, which is you know three weeks before. <laughs> or after, you know, the, the soul, the soul apathy conversation me and Paige had on the podcast. <clears throat> so January was a lot. <laughs> and we went to Tacoma and yeah, we, so like, like every weekend was chock full of stuff. So well, we just like did not have a break. Well, it's not even that from what I'm saying is I was feeling a lot of feelings, oh. a lot of con- conflicting feelings, um, a lot of pulling in my spirit toward, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, you know, am I worthy? Am I not worthy? You know, there's a, there was a lot of battling going on and I was just, honestly, like I was just tired. Um, cause I'm a man. I, I, I'm just like anybody else. Like I struggle with sins. I struggle with addiction. You know, I, I struggle with all the things everybody else struggles with. And I'm, I'm just getting tired of not, not having dominion over them mm-hmm. and not winning, <laughs> you know, like I feel like there's like one win for every thousand losses and when it comes to like me sinning and just struggling with sin and just, I was exhausted from it. And so Paige like m- made this reference to this thing. And I was like, sure, you know what? At this point, I could care less. A lobotomy would be a suggestion at this point. And so we went and uh, it was not what I expected. I, when I walked in, um, I, like I said, knew my friend's mom and I knew her two friends. Um, and so I knew like these people, um, and we walked in and what I noticed was the manifestation of Jesus in the form of Prince of Peace. The room was so thick with peace and I was like, whoa. But also, I felt like a war was going on mm-hmm. at the same time. It's like the movie like, War Room. Like, you know that I am charismatic. I, charismatic can be biblical. Like I've said to my youth pastor several times, like, you know, I'm on the more charismatic end of the stream. And then I said whatever I was going to say. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but, that, but that's biblical. And I'm like, yeah. Like I said, I was charismatic, not you know, heretic. Um, so I do want to say like what we are about to describe for some of you, you're like, yes, the Holy spirit is doing that. Go. And some of you, you're like, that feels weird to me. And so, but I want you to hear our hearts and hear that you are living real life with us, like as it is happening mm -hmm, to us. So mm -hmm. first I I would ask that you would extend grace to us. Um, because we do try to be as honest and true and biblically sound as we can be. Um, but we all fall short of the glory of God. Um, also I would like you to extend grace to us of, we are sharing our story. And so we can only say what we have experienced. And for someone who has spent a majority of their life on the, you know, on the side of the pendulum of... Father, Son, Holy Bible, you know, but, but also like being very biblical minded and biblically sound in my beliefs and understanding. Um, I was very skeptical and also, but also I was very guarded. Um, 
So like I wasn't about to invite something in that wasn't of God. Mm -hmm. I was very much so like, oh heck no, not gonna like. I'm. I went. He's not into weird stuff. I went in with that. (laughs) Um, But here's also what I went in with it too. What I had been doing wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Knowing and logically, logicking, logically, logically, logically trying to process my my struggles and what I was feeling about them and the effects they were having on me logically trying to work through life and just trying to like I can process through this uh it, it did work sometimes but doing it for so long it, I really I I'm, I've, I should have made bigger strides and things mm-hmm. and it's because I believe, based on scripture, you know, God has made us not just to be in an intellectual person, but a spiritual person. You know, we have our minds, our hearts, and our spirits, and our bodies, and, you know, like, we need to utilize all those things. And so I went in there, and and then also what I went in there with was my wife is not dumb, and she's also uh, not a heretic. And she also has great discernment. And so if something was wrong, she's my my little monitor that's going to click, 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 I click, click, no click, 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 click. I have no problem walking out of situations yeah. where I'm like, nope. nope. In fact, one of the days that one of the first things Mike invited me to was a worship night at an event. And um, <laughs> she was, I, nope. I was like, whatever that is, is not God. Yeah. And I walked right out and he texted me. He was like, hey, where are you? What happened? Um, and I was like, I don't know what spirit was being worshipped there, but it was not Jesus. Yeah, and, and I so, said, I am not going to be a part of that. And yeah. I actually, we never went back to that. No, no, we didn't. It was like a monthly, weekly thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with that being said, like, yeah, like, you know, have grace. Because guys, I, I'm, I'm still, because it, it, listen, it, working out, working a, a muscle you've never worked out on is very weird. Mm-hmm. Like eating a food you never had before is Can weird. Be weird, yeah. Getting and moving to a different country and a new culture is weird. It takes some adjustment. Um, so bear with us. So bear with us, yeah. Like have so, a little bit of an open mind. Yeah. And, <laughs> we were gearing this up like and, something and, crazy happened. And, well, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing there was crazy fire happened. and fireworks. And no, uh, and also if, reach out if you have any questions. Because guys, I still got questions. I don't know what's going on. I'm in the middle of it. I'm... I'm doing it. I'm paying for it. And I still don't know. So, so but if you have any questions, you know, like ask and we'll do our best to explain it. Uh, so far, I've gone to two sessions. Uh, Paige is at the first one and, and I went by myself on the second one. Um, so we walk in and there's like this huge presence of peace. Mm-hmm. There's three. Were there's, you aware of that? I wonder how different our experiences uh, were. The, there were three women there, all older, and they, they were all very peaceful. Like they, they, they all carried with them a spirit of peace. Um, and you know, I like that. <laughs> they had kind of like that grandma feel of like, you know, like loving and kind yeah, and they're like gentle. our parents age. Yeah. Very gentle. Uh, so I guess how I see peace is gent is gentle and you see peace is just peace. But anyway, um, so the process is some of the terminology they use kind of throw me off. Um, but 
What uh, happened was they said, like, why are you here? Like, that yeah, was the first yeah. thing so they said. To kind of explain, like, so, yeah, they say, like, why are you here? And it's and I told him, I was like, I, I, I'm just struggling. Like, I struggle with sin. I struggle to connect with the Lord. I struggle with feeling worthy. I struggle. I think you started with consuming. You're yeah, like, I'm when they were like, consumed when they, myself. And they were like, you know, what kind of, so let's, let's work on, let's just start working on stuff, you know? Um, let's just go at it. And they're like, you know, so what are the, like, where, like, it, well, and they do, they do this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that thing, guys. Sorry. But they, they, they invite God into the presence there and they just, they ask him, where do, what, God, what do you want to do at this time? And let me tell you, that is a little weird for me, but also it shouldn't be. And so we sat there and I was, and I, and it was quiet. The quiet was really weird for me because I don't like quiet, but, and I just, and I asked the Lord with, with my wife and with these women, God, what do you want from this time? What is it that you want to work on? And what is it that you want to, to do here in this time? And I felt the Lord pushing on me about uh, me consuming and that's consuming media, consuming drugs, consuming lust, consuming food, consuming just like from one thing to another. You know, uh, when I had gastric bypass, uh, I, food could no longer be the thing I was consuming. So I started using drugs even heavier. That's when it really got bad. It's like super duper heavy. Um, and then when I got off drugs, I went back to food and, and, and smoking and I was smoking nonstop. And then, you know, I had to quit smoking <laughs> and then it was like, all right, well, it looks like I'm going to start gaining weight because I like, I'm, I'm consuming food. And then it was like, oh, that's not enough. So then I started consuming media nonstop. And so it's just one thing after another, just replacing one, uh, one anchor, one consumable after another. And it just, they became idols and it was so quick. And so that's what, that's what I, that's what I told them. <laughs> and so we literally like, it is just like counseling. Counseling always does that whole thing of like, so how does that make you feel? You know, or like, let's go back to a time when this, or like, you know, they get to the root of things. And it, it was literally like, it was literally just like counseling, but the root, getting to the root of things, we were doing we it were with God. We were inviting God into to yeah. speaking about that root. So she yeah. said like, when was the last time that you noticed that you were wanting to consume. Yeah. And he was like, this morning when I went to turn on my radio and she was like, so right before that happened. What were you, what, what were you feeling? And it was like, well, I mean, I don't know. That was this morning, you know, like, but like it, it was really introspective. And so, and I just went back and I thought like, okay, what was I feeling? And it was boredom. And so then, then it, she was like, so if you, like, if I gave you crayons and paper and I was like, draw a picture of boredom. What does that look like? I don't think it was boredom. Was it boredom? I can't remember. The, the second time we talked about boredom. Okay. It being part of it being boredom. So, but like, and so really we just started to dissect. And well, in, in each step, we we took the time to pray and ask God, like, all right, God, like. What do you want to say about this emotion? Yeah. And then like there would be a pause and he would. I would pray and I would ask the Lord, which. You know, I, I pray often, but it's like little like sniper prayers, like, you know, like, thanks, Lord, <laughs> you know, 
but I was really, I was taking the time to invite a man in and also invite the Lord into like what I was feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Cause often like I, 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 my feelings are like, oh, these are mine. Like nobody else can see them or hear them or feel them. So they're mine alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm dealing with them by myself because they're inside me. Right. You know, and even if I invite you in to let you know, like I'm mad or I'm sad, you're not going to feel it. So it really is just kind of like a waste and which is untrue because you should still share emotions, but like inviting God into that, like he's going to feel it with you. And he's going to tell you and, and educate you on the, on what's going on inside you. Because even though we know ourselves... He knows it best. He knows it best. And, and he knows the root. You know, sometimes we have to dig for the root, but he knows it already. Like that, yeah. And so just inviting him into that and, um, you know, one of the things we, we got to was... Uh, another thing I talked about was my self-hatred for myself because of my sin and because of my, my past and how I view myself. And so like one of the, we went through the feeling, like, what does it feel like? You know, what does it look like in your mind? And, you know, um, well, and they said like, once you got that picture, you prayed over like, what does Jesus say about that? We didn't really go through how it ended. Oh yeah. So it, 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 um, for each one, it was, uh, I think it was boredom, and then the next root, then really what the boredom was, it was it was loneliness, and I didn't want to be lonely. Mm. And it was like, okay, so what does loneliness look like? And the picture, and it was me as a kid sitting inside my bedroom by myself because I had no friends outside to play with. I had no dad. My mom was sick. And so that's what the picture of was me in my room by myself, lonely. And... As a kid, I would watch movies and play video games nonstop because it took away the loneliness or it it numbed the loneliness. I was still lonely, but just numbed it. And so we went through that. And then once we identified what was going on, we were able to then, hey, Lord, like, can can you be in that place? with me? Can you be in that lonely place? Like, Lord, can you, can you be with that little boy who's lonely right now? What would the Lord say? I think is what, like, where is Jesus in that? Is I think what she said. And then she said, what does Jesus want to say to you? Oh, she, no, she would say, would it be okay, Mike, if in that image of that little boy who's by himself with no dad, with no friends and who mom is sick, would it be okay to invite Jesus into that room with him? And invite Jesus into that feeling. And it was, I pray about it. And yes, it'd be okay to invite, invite him into that. And then we would pray like, Lord, come into that room. And what, what do you want to tell that little boy? What do you want to communicate to him? What, what, what do you want him to feel? You're asking that of the Lord. Yeah, asking that of the Lord. And guys, it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. Um, cause the Lord told me like, he, he was there with me mm. and he knows how long, he knows how lonely I was and he was sorry that I was that lonely and he's sorry that I was hurting. And then, um, they asked you to go back to that picture. Yeah. Now go back and revisit the picture. What is it? What do you feel now when you see that picture? And the loneliness went, went away. 
and guys, and listen, I'm 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 telling you this, and it and, and it part of me is like that's that's kind of weird, bro. I have told this to so many people. Like, it's kind of like if I won the lottery, and I'm trying to be like, I won the lottery, and they're like, okay. Yeah. Like I've told this to several people, and they've been like, well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, no. What you don't understand is that I won the lottery. You know who probably dealt with that too? Are the like the. The lepers, the, the lepers and the blind right. and the deaf and the mute and the but, people now like who. Right. I'm sitting there and watching a miracle happen yeah. because I mean, even people who listen to the podcast, you get a little taste for what life has been like and for Mike and like I get a little more of a taste because I have front row seats to his life, but like he's experiencing freedom and I'm watching it. Like I'm literally watching these massive chains Mm -hmm. like the size of i don't know a a huge chain like a thick thick chain a mr t chain right seven times the mr t chain i'm watching it and it's falling i'm watching it fall right and my mouth is my jaw is to my chest like I cannot open my mouth any wider as Mike is like, it's gone. My loneliness is gone. And then he moved on to another one and to another one and to another one. And I, guys, I know, I know that Jesus would do this. Or I mean, that Jesus could do this. I knew that Jesus could do this. I, it was a question in my mind this entire time of would Mike allow it? It mm. wasn't a could, it was a would. And Mike did. Like, there was this healing that Mike was experiencing before my eyes and, like, faster than I've ever experienced. Like, it was right, like, quick, 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 quick. Mm. And I, my mouth was open. Like, I just couldn't. And for the next day, my mouth would just, like, I walked around in kind of, like, the stupor of, like, did that? I know that happened, but, oh, my gosh, that happened. That happened. <laughs> There's freedom. That happened. That ha-. Like, I was just, like, and I looked to these beautiful women of the Lord who were, the, were ushering us in into this holy presence, into this, this healing. And I looked at them and I go, why are we not just running laps around the sanctuary? <laughs> like, and, and they're like, you know, well, we've been here and we've been doing yeah. this for a while. And then finally I was like, like after the you know fourth one of the night, I was like, guys, no, like, why are we not like, just like screaming or like shouting or like praising God or like, I need a worship song. I need to start singing. And like, and they're like, well, you do love Mike more than we do. <laughs> like you've known him a little bit longer. And I was like, but that was just, again, I'm an exuberant person. So of course, like, and even in my spiritual walk, this is like how I'm going to express myself. But I, I just couldn't get over it. Like I could, there is not a mountain big enough that I can't shout this out and say like, what just happened? So incredible. And I just, it just kept happening. Like, of course, everything we brought to the Lord in prayer, he healed. Yeah. Everything. But I was watching it. (laughs) And to kind of give us some context. So, you know, like what, what was, what was kind of going on was they were, they were um, they used different terminology for it, so I'll put it in ways that that I would understand, and I, I think others will too. Is they were like, okay, so let's look at your defense mechanisms, okay? Like, obviously, you don't want to hurt, right? Like, you don't want to feel this pain, you don't want to feel this sadness. Um, so, like, and so when these defense mechanisms come up, 
what are they trying to do? Like your defense mechanisms are not there to harm you. They are there to keep you safe. And so they're, they're literally just looking at your defense mechanisms and they're, and they're seeing why they're there. And like I said, to keep you safe, you know, but then they're, they're inviting Jesus in to then communicate and to evaluate your defense mechanism and see like, okay, so like, yes, like you consume food and you consume food because when you consume it, it makes you feel full. And that full is security. And you need that security because you grew up without food or you grew up not having a lot. And you and you can you were always concerned as a kid about when your next meal was, or you were concerned about what you were gonna eat, or that food numbed the pain of being alone. And so, like for me, like as a kid, I would I would sit in, in my bedroom. And I would eat a whole large pizza to, to myself as a 10-year-old. Pizza, I had a Mizza pizza back in the day. And I would eat a whole large by myself, and which is really unhealthy. <laughs> but like I did it because I was bored and because I was lonely. And so I developed a defense mechanism to when I felt lonely or bored, I eat. And so it, it literally is looking at your defense mechanism. And also, and then... <sighs> And, not, and, and it's weird, like, they would thank the defense mechanism for, for protecting me. Like, thank you for trying to keep Mike safe. Thank you for not letting him feel that pain of being alone. Hmm. And then saying, would you mind if you would step aside for a minute defense mechanism and let Jesus come in and do a work? Because I'm not going to let Jesus in come and do a work if I have that defense mechanism up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push it out. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to, I'm going to go and eat, or I'm going to go and smoke, or I'm going to go do drugs, or whatever. And they said like something that sounds weird is like you know we want to honor that defense mechanism. He yeah. is there to protect you, but yeah. also would you be willing to have it step aside? Which they also do in counseling. Yeah. They do say that a lot in counseling. It's like one of those criminal minds where like the person has like seven personalities. And Mike was... And it's like, you know, like they they were developed out of stress and out of hurt and they were formed so that way they were... The person could shut down and not feel all the pain they were feeling, you know? And that's really what... And they're just addressing them. Um, So it was really impactful because one, I got to then... I got to then break down why I do what I do. And the second session, we had so much breakthrough, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Paige wasn't there. Uh, and there's something, like, I love when she's there, but also, like, um, I needed that freedom to, to like, just vent. And not, yeah, like and, and, and also, she's, she's next to me just like, <gasps> No, I have no chill. <laughs> the entire like, time, like, <gasps> You know, and so it was... I was cheerleading you on. You and were. I even said, like, I'm sorry, guys, I don't mean to be disruptive, but also, can't we just get some present <laughs> here? You um, know. And so we went back over the consumer thing again. I was like... So we... Guys, and I, I'm going to kind of get into some detail and try to explain this the best way I can. So we went over the exact same thing, essentially, um, but we got in, into a little deeper, right? And the... Um, the like okay one of my defense mechanisms is my cynicism i am cynical 
and I'm a pessimist and that keeps my keeps me in a place where my hopes won't get up. So I'm not a dreamer. Uh, I don't have any expectation. Um, so that way I'm never let down. And we, we, we kind of walked through that and we came to the realization it's because uh, I never grew up expecting much out of myself or expecting much out of other, other people because people would always let you down and people did always let me down. There are some who didn't. I'm not trying to demean anybody. Uh, I'm very blessed for what I do have, but it still had an effect on me as a five-year-old kid, right. you know, as a 10-year-old kid and a 13-year-old kid. Um, and so we, we noticed these defense mechanisms there. And so we got to deal with my cynicism and that was huge guys. Cause I, I never saw it as a defense mechanism, but I literally, I watched it rear up and I was like, Oh guys. And I was like, literally, lady, did you guys see that? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I literally just saw it pop up and like right. play it's play it's ugly game. Um, and so we, we invited the Lord in for prayer again. And I'm trying to remember this the best I can. The, the, it it went from, um, again, being lonely and feeling abandoned. And they asked me to mentally draw a picture of what I was seeing. And we realized that I have hundreds of defense mechanisms for different things. Um, and they're all there to, to keep me safe. Right. Um, and that was eye opening to me that, that these things that I was doing, though they were damaging to me, they were also there to keep me safe. They were, they were there to protect me from certain things. The problem was, is that I like, heck guys, counseling is a defense mechanism. Prayer is a defense mechanism. It's, it's, we use those things. They're the resources that our defense mechanism, I'm sorry, they're resources our defense mechanisms can use to protect us and make us healthy and keep us safe. And I just, I never had anybody around me tell me or show me good ways to -hmm. do it. So they just, they took whatever they had in front of them Mm -hmm. and drugs numb me. Media is distraction, which is a form of numbing. Food makes me feel warm and comforted. Um, pornography made me feel connection when I felt abandoned. Like all these things are things that we need. We need to feel connected. We need to feel loved. We need to feel protected. And if we don't have it, we'll find it. And I found it and they were all just wrong ways. So with all that to say, um, the image that came into my mind was that of a huge dam or a big levee and a, a dam, right? It's a dam, right? Yeah. Um, he, the first time he told me this story when he came home from counseling, I said he levee. kept saying levee over and over again. I was like, are you saying levee or are you saying dam? <laughs> and he was like, I mean, dam. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not that you were saying. No, it one of the ladies like, said levee and until like, I was trying to explain it. And, um, All these things form a, a huge dam that's protecting me. So I'm at the bottom of it, and this thing is ginormous, and it's there, and it's protecting me. And everything that's behind it, all the waters that want to roll in and crush me, it's keeping me safe from. 
And those, those are my defense mechanisms. They were, they were literally holding it all back and they care about me and they wanted to keep me safe. And this is the, this is the image that, that is in my mind. Right. And the guys, again, this is super weird. Not saying it's not totally random and strange. Right. So we take that image and one of the ladies says, can we invite Jesus in and see what he wants to tell you about that image? And guys, we probably prayed for like 10, 15 minutes quietly because God was trying to say something, man. And I, I didn't want to hear it, um, mainly because here I am in, in, in this picture and I'm, I'm watching everything about me holding back all the bad. And God was so good to me that even in my stubbornness, as, as I'm literally get like, as I'm literally fighting God on like him, seeing him telling me about this picture, he's using it to tell me about this picture because I'm seeing that this, this dam, these defense mechanisms, they've become part of who I am. Uh, I'm quick witted. It's my cynicism often, you know, um, I'm, I'm a creative type, you know, like I, I like to disconnect and I like to go into my own world and detach, you know, and, you know, all these things were me and I didn't want to let anybody in on that, you know, because a big part of who I am is, is the fact that I grew up without a dad and that my mom died when I was young. That was really forming in my life. It really built a big foundation for a lot of the person that I am and a lot of the hardships that I've, that, that, that I've brought onto myself and I've experienced. And, and then one thing led to another. I, I was overweight and that had a big issue with it, but I did it to myself. So all these things guys were about me and I'm, God is literally, even though I'm not, I'm like fighting him telling me anything about it. He's telling me like, this is you. You're, you're exerting yourself, holding back all this crap. You're trying to protect yourself and you're exhausted. Look how tired you are. Mm -hmm. Like God is literally telling me as I'm praying and and I'm, (laughs) I'm like, I don't want him to tell me, but I so desperately do because I'm hurting. And God just says, look at you. That dam is you. Mm. That's yeah. your arms holding back those waters from crushing you. And aren't you exhausted? I just looked up the difference between levee and dam because I truly didn't <laughs> understand the difference. And Google says that levee is typically man-made, whereas dams are, you know... Or, I'm sorry, I did that wrong. Dams are man-made. Dan- dams are man-made and then levees are a natural thing. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting mm. about... Like we, you are the one holding it back. It was you, you made it. Yeah. And so after 15 minutes of prayer, I, I tell the ladies like, this is what God is, is telling me about this. And they said, okay, well, what does God want to do with it? Why don't we invite Jesus in? Jesus, what do you, Jesus, what do you want to do with this image? What do you want to do with this knowledge that this dam is Mike? And that he's holding all that back. 
And guys, my what's going on inside me is dams are big. Dams are strong. They're made to withhold. They're made to to last. They're made to protect. And mind you guys, I'm I'm a protector through and through. I'll kill right. somebody to come to my family. I I have no problem going to jail. That's I a mark. Lots of problems. That to jail. that is a mark of pride. But that comes from my prior hurt. No one was around me to protect me, so I had to protect me. And now I'm the greatest protector in the world. That's a mark of pride. Mm. And that's why I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like. I'm like, it's huge. It's big. It's me. And so we invited Jesus in. God, what do you what do you want to tell Mike about this picture? What do you want to tell him about that feeling of that? And guys, man, it was it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was not a nightmare. It was it was it was so hard because all I heard was the truth of the gospel, and that Christ tells us. You need to lay down your life, take up my cross and follow me. And you know what you can't do when you're a dam holding back everything? You can't lay lay yourself down and you can't take up a cross. And you can't because you want to protect. You want to keep things safe. And Christ calls us to so much more. So just like that, guys, in, in the middle of this thing, and this crazy practice, this weird thing I never thought I'd see myself doing ever that I can't even explain now after going through it, and I'm still not done doing it, God showed me that my entire life I was keeping myself safe, that my entire life mm. I was my own protector, that my entire life I had the weight and anxiety of guarding myself and taking care of myself and being the one who's going to save Mike, mm. being the one who's going to take care of Mike, being the one who's going to provide and make sure I have everything I need and make sure that I'm not in danger and if the, and, and by any means necessary. And if that means burning bridges, if that means cutting ties, if that means putting others second, if that means hurting other people, even if that means not letting Jesus into my heart so that I can make sure I'm safe then I'm going to do it because mm. that's what dams are built to do. So what did Jesus want to do with it? He wanted it gone. And they asked that question, what does Jesus want to do with it? <clears throat> At this point, I'm halfway between crying and anger. <laughs> <clears throat> and... We, we got quiet and we just prayed and we, I was asking the Lord, okay, God, I see it now. I see what I've been doing. I see who I am. It's not working. What, 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 what's next? And again, I heard the gospel lay down your life. And I heard Christ tell me, I don't want it to be your last day. And you cry out to me, oh Lord, oh Lord. And me to reply back to you, I don't know who you are, mm. even though you call my name. This is where things get weird. 
or <laughs> um, and I'm still processing this, but there I, bu- I, I am I am a expert in history when it comes to Jesus and scripture, just like somebody else is an expert on Abraham Lincoln or any other football team, Mike Ditka, you know, like we can know about these people. We can research them and understand them and have the deepest understanding of what and why they did what they did and process the, um, the, the history and the impact and the awesomeness and the grandeur of these people and these, these people and these teams and this, this person, right? We can have such a deep, you can be an expert on it. You know, one of those people that's hired by like a museum and you're the one walking them around, you know, blah, 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 blah. And never meet them in your entire life. And that's honestly, guys, that's where I was. And my faith was, was in my head. And it was never in my heart Mm. because to let it be in my heart was to let the dam come down. And that's what Christ calls us to, to Mm. die, to die to ourselves. When Mike came home, I said, and he's telling me all these things and I'm just like grinning ear to ear because this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Um, and it's so, it's such a joy to have the front row seat to all of this. Um, and I say, can you tell me, like, what was it like, the, the the picture, when you invited Jesus in, did the dam, like, fall, like, it was standing, and then it would just all in one sheet of, just fell, or was it piece by piece? Yeah, it was gone. It was just gone. It didn't crumble, it didn't tip, it was gone. Did you see the water moving? <laughs> there was nothing behind it. Hmm. The fear of what's behind it, like looking up at a dam from the bottom up to the top, like what's behind it is, is almost bone chilling to think like, if that was gone, man, (laughs) it's pure destruction, right? So the water is destruction and the, and you're the, 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 yeah, yeah. Whoa. Are you just now getting that? No, I thought the water was Jesus. And I was like, what do you mean the water's gone? What do you mean? (laughs) I'm holding on for the ride. Tell me. It's it's life. The water is life. It's the hardships. It's the the troubles. It's the hurts, the pain. It's the feeling. Wow. It's the, and so it's, you were holding all that. I see what you're saying now. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And whoa, that makes it even more heavy. <laughs> and there was no need for the dam. Mm. And I want, I'd like, part of me is like, mm, it would be such a beautiful like picture if it was like the dam was gone, but the cross was there. And, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not that kind of, uh, person. Uh, no, what, what was there was nothing because Christ took it all for me mm. and it, he will take it all for me. Gosh, that's so and good. Let me tell you guys, I'm 37 and for 37 years I've been dealing with what the world has handed to me and what I've brought unto myself as well and the pain of it and just processing and dealing. I, I have been dealing my entire life. Like reorganizing. I've feels like like oh that's there let me fold it up really neat and put it in this shuffle it shuffle it burn it try try running i've been running and numbing and then i numb because i feel like it's like 
I handle and I deal and I organize, like Paige is saying, until I can't anymore. Right. It's exhausting. And then what I do, because, because it's still Jesus coming. Because lights it on fire yeah. and make it go away. But because it's still coming, because it's still going to come, even though I'm, I'm, I'm tired, even though I've organized the crap out of it, it's still going to come. That's when I start numbing. Mm. That's when I'd start distracting myself. That's when I would start using something to, you know, my efforts aren't working, so I got to find something else. Pop three Xanax. Go look at pornography. Go out to eat and spend tons of money. Buy something so that momentary, oh, it's coming. It's going to come. I got it. I got it. You know, like something to to distract me when literally Christ is like, you don't need any of that. Because I can and I will. Are you just willing? Gosh, that's so beautiful, babe. Like, that's so, so freaking... I mean, it's hard. Like, that's gut-wrenching, and I know you're exhausted. Oh, man, I'm still, like, exhausted at, from it. Um, it's been three days, and I'm like... Uh, but also, I'm... When Mike told me, I was like, we got to tell the world. Like, we have to <laughs> shout it from the rooftops. Oh, my gosh, this is incredible. And I was like, uh, I don't know if our podcast is ready for something like that. <laughs> She's like, we're still going to do it. I'm like, okay, well... Which... You know, guys, and I know, again, it sounds crazy, right? This is a weird story. This is a weird practice. It's not so, I am Baptist. I don't do these kinds of things, all right? But, it, but it's holy and it's true. And, and, that, it's, and again. And it's Jesus. It's not, we can trust Jesus in the weird. Everything that I went through in that room. <gasps> can and all the podcast pre- t-shirts and, and, that say we can trust Jesus in the weird? Yeah. Down. Yeah. But like everything that we I went through in that room prior to it, in the middle of it, and then after doesn't rail against scripture. Mm. And if anything, I have learned and I have given over to the Lord, which is what he calls us to do. Mm. Also, I would like to give them a plug (laughs) because they are so How about this? If you're interested, let us know. They do it via Skype. Via Skype. Zoom. And it's donation-based. So if you have $1 to give, if you have $1,000 to give, after the first session, I was like, if I had $1 million, would you would give get it, it all. Yeah. Every last cent. Yeah. And and be honest, like, we we gave them money the first one, second one, we didn't have any money. <laughs> you know? Well, and we're paying them on We pay. are, but like, it's it's not to them. Like, they are, there's one woman there, she doesn't talk. She she intercedes through prayer the entire time. That's so beautiful. And she's wonderful. She's probably my favorite one out of the, out of the three. The other one is kind of like the narrator and the one who's kind of like in, connecting with you as the person there. Um, and the other one... It's like directing. It's like the director. And she, she's really in tune with the Holy Spirit. And she's a firm, strong person. Uh, so I can see why she doesn't talk as much. The other one's like super loving and like kind and like, you know, so like it, I could see where like, you know, that, that, but they play off each other so well guys. And I don't know if you guys want to give it a try, you're not losing anything. And let me tell you, I didn't lose a single thing. I gained so much and I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. Um, I don't know what's left to do, to be honest with you. And I'm kind of curious about that. Um, but yeah, it's (laughs) mkministry.org. I have no chill. Um, flood them with requests. They are in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They'll do it via Skype. So if you're out of state, it, guys, I can't even tell you. Like, I've watched these chains being on Mike. I've watched them, and I, as his spouse, I've been like, God wants to do something with that. God wants to do something with that. But 
you know, at the end of the day, I'm Mike's wife, you know, <laughs> like he needed someone, something from the Lord. And I, I don't care who ushered him there. Like, I'm so thankful that he has healing. And I'm so thankful that, you know, when he came home, I said, so what are you feeling? And he was like, freedom, mm-hmm. freedom. And I was like, yes, yes, I know our God does it. I know it. And, you know, for years, for years, from the wife perspective, I've been like, I know God does it. I know God does it. I know God does it. He's like, well, maybe just not to me then. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I I know that God does it. I know it. And he was like, you know, that's your experience. Maybe you know God in a way that like other people just don't. And I was like, okay, but it's not like, it's not like I have this special tap into God that no one else can have. Like he, he says he freely gives and I believe that. And so for those of you who might be on the other side of like, I don't think this is how God interacts with me. I will pay for you to go if the Lord is like at all pressing on you, like maybe you need healing in some area, reach out. Like my gosh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We want you so much to have healing and the Lord does give you healing. And if you're near us or you are not near us, you want to talk to me because he- hear me out. I'm Baptist. Stop. I'm, I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not. It's not Pentecostal. It's not. It's not. It's not. But it. But it. But it comes off that way. Anytime you're like, oh, let's ask Jesus, come invite him in, and Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? People get weird about it, unfortunately. And it is unfortunate, guys, because let me tell you, I'm 37. I've been a Christian for 20, 20 some odd years, and I should have done this 20 some odd years ago. <laughs> Anyways, there's a lot of healing. It's a lot of healing, you guys. And I know that was a weird story, and I know that was like a big January update. But thank you guys so much for joining us and listening to, gosh, the the beautiful work that the Lord has done. Um, we are so thankful to share our lives with you. This is Laugh So You Don't Cry. Bye, guys.